This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. And I'm Scott Mebus, Head of Video and Podcasting for Fast Company. This week, we're talking about parenting during a pandemic. How can working parents attempt to get everything done? What should managers do to support all of their employees? Possible tensions among those without kids? And how this unprecedented time may be forcing us to rethink work overall. So when shelter-in-place orders went into effect in most of the country in March, parents across industries had to scramble to find childcare. For those of us lucky enough not only to keep our jobs, but to have jobs that can be done from home, that has meant trying to do the impossible. Work and take care of children full time. Impossible is the right word. <laughs> it feels that way day in and day out. It really is something, it's so remarkable because it's really something that seemed completely unthinkable. And then in the span of like 24 hours became just what our new reality is going to be for who knows how long. It was, it's that perfect storm because as parents, we have our, our support systems, right? And, and it's almost like in the spaceship, if you lose oxygen, you have the safety doors shut one after another to make sure you don't suffocate. And each safety door, first it was, oh, it's your babysitter. Nope, can't have the babysitter because, you know, babysitter can't come in the house. Then it's grandparents. Then anything, anything, yeah. And so I'm just floating in space. So let's, well, let's back up a second and talk about our individual situations that we're dealing with. Because we have two different types of scenarios that you could be under. But I do want to pause before we do that and recognize our like extreme privilege. Because I think that in all of these conversations, in the back of my head always, whenever I complain, and I complain a lot about (laughs) about how hard all of this is, (laughs) is how much harder it is for so many other people. And that's, you know, across the board, people putting themselves into harm's way, essentially, and then coming home to their families, like that's, uh, it takes a bravery that definitely want to salute. And there's so many difficult situations right now. And we're, we're talking about one that's uncomfortable, but we're in very lucky positions. Yes. Lis- loyal listeners may, may know that the, you haven't heard my voice in a while. And the reason why is I was on maternity leave. I have an almost four-year-old and a five-month-old. And this was obviously not how I thought I would be returning from maternity leave into a, a pandemic. And so in some ways, you know, I I think I can look at like the silver lining and I can look at the the dark cloud. And the silver lining is, you know, as many mothers and, and, you know, primary caregivers might know, going back from a parental leave is really hard. Like I remember going back after my son was born and it's just gut wrenching to leave this like tiny kid that can like lift their head up and be in the office all the time. And so one of the silver linings is now I'm near my baby all day long, you know, and that that actually means that I have to hold my baby during every like conference call I'm on. So so I would ask you, like, what is the percentage of time that we were actually seeing your face on a meeting and how many times is it just your name? Yeah. And that's that's my like first tip is my best friend has been being able to turn video off. It has been my saving grace. And I <laughs> I just want to give you a quick little glimpse of a meeting I was in a day ago when I turned the video off, changed a poop explosion diaper, 
oh. ate my own lunch, fed the baby, and then rocked her to sleep, all while contributing, you know, mildly insightful <laughs> thoughts to the meeting, but with the video turned off. That is amazing. That is amazing. I am bowing to you. That That is Mama Supreme right there. Hopefully there is a hand wash between the poopy diaper and the lunch. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> of course there was. Of course, sure. for 20 seconds while singing happy birthday. Yeah. The other kind of insight into my personal situation, which I think probably a lot of listeners can relate to, I do have a partner, but he was furloughed from his job. So he was furloughed oh, wow. from his job actually right as I was coming back from maternity leave. And so while he was working from home and I was still on maternity leave, I was just full-time childcare and he was working. And it's been a horrible situation for our family that he's, you know, lost his job, but it's been helpful for the managing of yeah. working from home. So he's, you know, he's taking care of the kids most of the day while I'm working, which is a situation we would not have been in had he kept his job. However, I'll say there's no, I'm in a 500 square foot apartment. There's no like separating really, you know, and there's some things that you can't delegate. Like I can't delegate, you know, breastfeeding. I can't delegate. And also like two kids, it's a lot. And usually, you know, he'll take one and I'll take the other. And if that means that I'm holding the baby for conference calls, you know. Oh, well, uh, just, you know, my son is outside my door right now. And I just heard him scratching because he's bored and he wants to come in and contribute. <laughs> he's He has been in every meeting that I've had. Thankfully, he's cute. So he's six. Um, I, yeah, my situation is a little different in that I'm a single parent with primary childcare responsibilities. So I handle almost all of the schooling and I handle just life in general. And we, we deal with the kind of other almost unspoken worry in quarantine, which is shuttling your child back and forth between parents. We have two different environments. I cannot control her environment. She can't control my environment. You know, so it's its its own animal. Thankfully, we have a good relationship. So we've been able to, you know, pretty seamlessly handle that. But it's definitely, I think, single parents in this environment, we've relied on childcare above and beyond, I think, even, you know, even working parents in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, the biggest thought in the back of my head is always, what am I dropping? What am I dropping? What am I dropping? Because if I'm not with him, no one's with him. To me, in all of my struggles, that's always been in my head too of but how are single parents doing it? If this had happened a couple of years ago, you know, if my son was your, you know, your son's age in this situation, I don't, I really don't know. I would need some kind of leash. I mean, yeah, their uh, but, uh, attention span at three years old for independent play is about 10 minutes you know totally. and 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 you need you know and, and who's your partner i'm the partner yeah. you know, who's your play, your play pal yeah. i'm play what's interesting for me is you know i've have scheduled for my job you know i have certain meetings that i've set up and then i have time that i put aside for schooling and yet you know when stuff is happening and things are moving quickly and beyond this whole issue with oh what are we dealing with as parents that's what are we dealing with as companies in this economic downturn you know, companies, we're all scrambling, you know, we're all trying to come up with new ways to make money, trying to stay afloat. So we're not just dealing with this as a new problem for parents, we're dealing this as a new problem in this economic environment, where actually, I think more is being required from us at work, because it's not business as usual. And so I find and you that feel my the pressure to like prove your your worth more too, right? Oh, totally. First thing I did when this happened was was like, all right, what do I do now to show that my team is a rock star team? Like, what do what is the first thing we can do to show that we have value to put stuff out there that can sell? Like, how do we kind of prove that 
uh, not only are we going to be okay, but my team's going to lead the way. And so trying to do that while at the same time learning how to teach Spanish, which I do not. <laughs> He's getting worse every time I teach him Spanish. Let's talk about, I feel like we could complain. Yeah, yeah. I think let's talk about the positives. I, I have a bunch of friends that are all in similar situations and they're not letting work drop by being a parent. And I think that's a, that's a great lesson to learn. Being a great parent doesn't mean letting work suffer. You know, you don't have to choose between the two. You may feel like you fail on a day-to-day -day basis, but if you take a step back and look at it week to week or month to month, you realize you're actually handling both pretty successfully. My commute is two hours each way. So I spend four hours on the train. You know, my son would be in bed when I got home every time, you know, I would be able to walk him to the, to the bus stop in the morning and that was it. And now we, you know, we take a half an hour every day to go for a bike ride. I get to put him to bed every night. I've learned how to cook. I like making <laughs> dinner. I have, I have never cooked in my life. And I made sweet and sour chicken the other day. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of silver linings to it. Like, you know, and especially like I was saying about like being sad, you know, coming back from maternity leave just the other day, my, my daughter rolled over for the first time literally oh. a minute before I had a conference call. And so I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I saw this milestone. Zoop, conference call. You know, like you're, you're kind of able to like- You saw it. To, yeah, to, to not miss those moments that you would normally yeah. miss at work yet still get work done is, is a big silver lining to this, I think. A big silver lining to a really difficult, stressful time. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, you know, I, I'm saying, oh, on a week to week, but I would love some advice on the day-to-day. -day. I think that's, that's the place where I think, I know I'm still, still struggling, is, is how to just prioritize a day. Because everyone says give yourself a break, but it's very hard to give yourself a break. It's, it's, it's kind of lip service in a way. Well, speaking of getting some advice, later we will be talking to Dr. Jennifer Goldman-Wetzler to get advice on how to set expectations with your boss and coworkers, how to carve out time for both work and parenting when they seem to be melting together, and how everyone, regardless of if they have kids or not, should be rethinking work right now. But right now, let's talk about a few practical things you can do to interject a little sanity into this otherwise insane situation. So right now, it's time to press pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. Three ways to keep your sanity when working from home with kids. Number one, set a schedule. You've probably seen, and mocked, the color-coded homeschool schedules for kids. But having a framework for your day is essential, and if your kids are old enough to help create it, it can help them feel more in control and they'll be more apt to follow it. You should also set a schedule with your partner if you have one and with your boss and coworkers. If your company communicates via a messaging platform like Slack, set your status with your schedule for the day so everyone can know when you'll be offline. Number two, set expectations. These are not normal times and this is not a normal way to work. So rather than try to pretend that you are going to work a straight nine to five with no interruptions or distractions, talk to your boss and coworkers about your situation. Chances are they're dealing with a lot right now too. It's also important to set expectations with your kids and partner. When is it okay for you to be interrupted? What sign or signal means you're on a call and need quiet? Is there a certain time every day that you can promise to devote to childcare? Number three, Cut yourself some slack and give yourself some downtime. With so many people losing their jobs or being furloughed, you might feel added pressure to prove your worth by working around the clock, especially if the only quiet time is after the kids go to bed. But this is a marathon, not a sprint. 
So pace yourself and make time for breaks each day. You could even reclaim your former commute time for self-care with things like yoga or reading. Or, since it's unlikely that you'll be taking a big trip anytime soon, consider using some of your vacation time to unplug and spend some time with your kids away from the computer screen. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Dr. Jennifer Goldman-Wetzler is an expert on conflict and organizational psychology, the founder of Alignment Strategies Group, and the author of the new book, Optimal Outcomes, Free Yourself from Conflict at Work, at Home, and in Life. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for, for being with us. We have so many questions for you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be with you all. So I think my first question is, like right now, we are over two months into kids being at home with parents who are trying to work from home full time or having essential jobs where they, they have to find care and trying to do homeschool full time. And right now, for most of the people in the country, there is no clear end in sight. What is your advice for parents who feel like they're kind of falling short on both parenting and work? My first piece of advice, when you notice that happening for yourself, take a break, take a pause. And part of the problem, of course, is that you may be feeling that way because you don't have time to take a break or a pause, but I encourage you to do it anyway, even if that means two minutes or five minutes. Put down what you're doing, go someplace quiet if you can. And even if that's, you know, going into the bathroom and shutting the door for five minutes and making sure that kids are stable as you do that. And then asking yourself a couple of questions. Number one, what has been working well so far? What have I been doing that has been keeping me steady and sane, that has been keeping my kids okay? And the second question is, what would I do differently from what I've been doing? And if you can steal a little bit more time, a few recommendations as well. One is negotiate with yourself first. That means asking one basic question, which is what do I want to prioritize right now at home and also on the work front? And if you pick one, two, or tops three priorities in each of those two categories, you're doing pretty well. After you negotiate with yourself about what are my priorities, then you want to negotiate with your spouse and then with your manager about what your expectations are of those people, what they can expect from you. But you've got to first get clear with yourself. How do you judge that? Because I think the worry that I have sometimes is that I think about how do I know what's the important thing for my kid? Like, how do I know that it's more important for him to eat nutritious because I have enough time to make him a meal versus learn that math that he needs to learn? Like, I've never had to juggle that before. And now that five minutes are so precious, I find myself having to make a choice between the two. Like, you know, is there any way for us to tell, like help for us to figure out that level of importance? Yeah, absolutely there is. So Abraham Maslow has a hierarchy of needs. And at the very bottom of this hierarchy, this pyramid, is food, shelter, water, right? The basics. So I need to keep feeding my child. Yeah, like staying alive, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then from there is emotional needs, right? And so if you think about it that way, the basics are always going to trump everything else. So if you're choosing between making your kid a sandwich or helping with homework, 
I would go for the sandwich every time. If you're choosing between something that you think will keep your child emotionally stable, like a hug or a conversation with you versus helping them with homework, I would go for the hug and the conversation every time. I'm trying to internalize that. It's so hard as a you know a parent who wants my kid to go to Harvard. He's six. I want him to go <laughs> to like let things like math and stuff go by the wayside. It is a real real struggle for you know an ambitious family, but it is. But it, it's, I mean, it's good yeah. advice. Well, and let me clarify it also by saying that it's not necessarily so black and white. Like I'm not saying don't educate your child at this time. At all. <laughs> And if you think about it, what are the skills that a child needs to get into a place like Harvard? They need self-reliance. They need the ability to connect with other people in a socio-emotional way as well. And, you know, the ability to know how to take care of themselves when they get there, right? If they get into Harvard and then they flunk out because they have no idea how to take care of themselves or make themselves a sandwich, that's not going to help them either. So... So you're essentially saying that that this whole situation has has put our kids ahead of the other kids because my son made my son made my bed yesterday. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I know. I came out and my bed was made. I mean, I found out it's because he put all his toys underneath it, and he. But I didn't find out out till I went to sleep. But still, I was very impressed. There's something to be said for this, you know, the helicopter parent generation taking a a break and. Uh, these kids who have been catered to their every need now not having that happen and that there will likely be some very interesting outcomes of that. We've covered a lot how boredom breeds creativity and innovative thinking and how, you know, like forcing for adults, forcing yourself to be bored more often. I think we're seeing that in our kids a little bit. I, my son, who's almost four, when I don't pay that much attention to him, all of a sudden there's some elaborate play going on where everything has been ripped apart and there's like a show being put on and the stories that he's telling and reenacting and everything else. And it's like, that's what, ha- what that's what he does if I'm not giving him an activity to do. You know, he is coming up with something creative on his own and usually making a humongous mess. But yeah. In your hierarchy of things, clean house is way at the bottom. I think so. I think things like clean house, like wearing appropriate clothing or clothing at all, you know, personal hygiene sometimes. I think one of the silver linings of this moment may very well be for all those perfectionists out there who are listening is perfectionists learning how to differentiate between what truly is important to them and to their manager and to their organization and to their family and what isn't, right? Learning the difference between feeding my kid versus hugging my kid versus teaching my kid math when they're six years old on, you know, making those choices for ourselves. You talk about uh, negotiating time. Uh, One thing that I've heard from a lot of my uh, working parent friends is uh, they're being told that as long as they work the same number of hours, then uh, it's okay, you know, to spend time during the day working with with their kids on school. But that means they're working till 11 o'clock at night just to get it done. I mean, how do you negotiate that kind of time? Well, first of all, I would take a step back from that question and ask, what results are you looking to achieve? right? What results are the most important and start from that point. So if you can create the same results in half the amount of time, if I were your manager, I'd say, great, all the power to you. If you can't, then it may be more up to you to figure out what hours you're going to need to figure out to fit those in. I think part of it is just this sense of almost proving 
that you're working just as much. So I think it's interesting the way you put kind of negotiating with yourself. It almost sounds that the negotiation has to start with what you think is success for your own workday before you even go to your boss. Yes. I mean, the mindset shift from I have done a good job today because I worked 10 hours versus shifting to I did a great job today because the three most important projects that I agreed with my manager are the right ones for me to be focusing on got moved ahead in a significant way. That's a huge mind shift. And if you can make that mind shift for yourself and you've agreed with your manager that those are the right priorities for you to be working on, it can be incredibly freeing. Just like when you go to the gym, if you, if you spend an hour in the gym, but you're piddling around half the time talking to your friends, and then you're on the Stairmaster very slowly. That's a lot different than being an hour in the gym where you're doing you know, 20 minutes of hardcore workout with weights and pushing your body to its limits and then you know, spending 40 minutes on slower stretches or whatever. So that's how you, I, I would encourage people to really think about it is, am I going to the gym? Am I sitting down and doing or standing up and walking or whatever, however you're gonna get your work done? I feel like you've been spying on my gym workouts. <laughs> How did you know? I'm so glad that you said that though, because I have, I mean, I haven't yet found that for myself, but I, I do have a friend who, who's a parent as well. And she said that she's working, you know, five hours a day. And I said, yeah, but are you getting everything done? She's like, yeah, I realized my work can be done in five hours a day, but I was in the office for eight hours a day. And there was all of these extraneous things in the office that kind of distracted me. And I think when you, especially maybe as a parent, when you feel this pressure of like, I have to get this stuff done because there's a, a ticking time bomb of a child right there, you can kind of get more done in a, in a more condensed time. I have always said that there is nobody more productive than a parent who has a child who's napping because like that nap time is like your power hour of like, let me get as much done as I possibly can before this kid wakes up and it's, you know, loud in here again. But... I was wondering what your thoughts are on the, the non-parent issue. How can you manage the, the tension that might come up between parents and non-parents in the office? My experience coaching CEOs through this moment is that they are having that conversation with people on both sides of the equation. So people who are not parents feeling resentful of parents who are saying, I can't work my normal hours and I can't work as many hours as I used to are resentful. And then also I've heard CEOs struggling with people who are saying, I am working my butt off and I'm expecting and hoping that this will open up more opportunity for me in this organization as a result. And then parents feeling crunched of, well, I can't work like that. And is this going to negatively impact me over the longer run in this organization? So I think, you know, whichever side, and I'm sure there are more sides to it than just those two, but whichever side of that conversation you're on, neither one of them is particularly easy or fun. So I saw a study that showed that women, working women at home are actually taking on the majority of the childcare duties of looking after the home. Like is, there is probably that worry of the backslide. And that's a very real problem that existed before all of this is the, the mommy tax and the fatherhood bonus that fathers are viewed as being, you know, the head of household and that they see a bonus in their pay when they become fathers, but women are viewed as less committed to their jobs when they become mothers. And if that's being exacerbated now, when the majority of the housework, the majority of the 
childcare and the homeschooling is falling to moms who are also trying to work are going to be seen even as less committed to their jobs and have even more of those consequences. Well, is there a is there a, any advice you would have for that conversation between spouses or co-parents? Because it feels like it's it's happening almost by default in a lot of ways. Yes. As you can imagine, my main piece of advice is talk about these things directly. And when I say negotiate with your partner, come prepared to that conversation, just like you would come prepared to a conversation with your manager. Not to suggest that your partner is like a manager to you, but to suggest that in order for you to get your needs met and to help your partner get his or her needs met, it will help you to know what is it that I need? What is it that I want? What is it that will help me maintain my sense of emotional stability at this time? Also, what do I have to offer, right? What are my strengths vis-a-vis, you know, the household? And where are my limitations? What are the things that are just kind of driving me batty and really difficult for me to do? And where do I need help? But I do think that there's got to be some positive effect of men being home all day long, seeing their kids all day long, watching what's happening, trying to help kids with schoolwork and all of that. And seeing maybe how much their wives are doing too, like seeing on both sides, seeing your partner in their job and what their job is actually like and seeing them in their parenting and what's that like and and maybe hopefully getting an appreciation of how much they're juggling. You know, that's a lot of that's been invisible before. And my hope is that by seeing that, that 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 empathy will bleed over to their employees. Because I think that there's oftentimes this blindness to the amount of work that goes on at home because you're coming to the office and everything's left there. You're now seeing how much your wife had, you know, what it really is to be a parent, maybe in a way a lot of managers, especially male managers, haven't seen before. My, again, strong hope is that we do not go back to the way things were. I think it was completely untenable and it had been for many, many years for many people, particularly people in professional services kind of job. And so my hope is that we will take this time to ask ourselves, what would a real new normal look like? What would we like it to look like in an ideal world? How could you do your job in a way that you were producing kick-ass results while not torturing yourself and while enabling yourself to spend great time with your kids as they grow, to spend great time with the people who are most important to you in your life? What would that look like and how could you achieve that? Ask yourself, you know, what are my top one, two, or three values that guide my life and how can I align my actions with those values as best I can, as often as I can. I think that's how we will create the world that that we would like to see for ourselves and for each other. Well, I couldn't think of a better, more optimistic way to to, to end it. I, I agree that I think that this is, we've been given a really big challenge, but I think we've been given a really big opportunity to really think, rethink the way that work works for everybody. I think that we've kind of accelerated what was probably coming 20 years down the line and it's it's happening now and i hope that these are these better outcomes that you've talked about can can come to fruition um thank you so much for for joining us and making us feel a little bit better (laughs) definitely appreciate the advice good i'm so glad i hope it's helpful it's great to to be with you guys be well
Well, that, that was great. I mean, I thought she was great. Made me feel a little bit more hopeful <laughs> as I'm like struggling the day to day. I thought the, uh, the value hierarchy was probably the best bit of advice for me because I'd, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but it is true. If my son doesn't eat, then, uh, then that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to the, the idea of being really upfront about what's going on, you know, like I know, I mean, you just can't hide it anymore, you know, and, and yeah, you hope that your manager sees that, like sees that you are juggling all of this and still producing things and sees like, wow, this person is valuable because yeah, you do have that fear that, that, oh, wow, this person's time is, is scattered. They're not as valuable. So I, I like her, her optimistic view of what, this could do to the workplace. And I hope that that's how it pans out. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I've, I've been watching Fraggle Rock with my son because that new Fraggles came out. They have the 30 minute work week and I can really get behind that. So that's all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to Secrets of the Most Productive People wherever you listen. And you can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you have a topic you want us to get expert advice on or have something to share, get in touch. You can leave a voicemail at 833-582-FAST. That's 833-582-3278. You can tweet us using the hashtag FCMostProductive, or you can email us at mostproductiveatfastcompany.com. Those are also in the show notes for this episode, along with related articles with more tips. And if this episode was helpful, please let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by the incomparable Josh Christensen with help from Avery Miles. 